CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market side on what has been a wild day for the markets. The guys here getting ready behind me for a huge show tonight. While they're doing that, here's what's coming up. That pretty much sums up what investors have been doing this month. But if you're worried it could get worse, we have a way to buy protection for just five bucks. Plus, after a wild couple of weeks for tech, the fate of the space hangs in the balance of two stocks reporting earnings next week, Apple and Facebook. So will the tech wreck continue to rage on? Mike Coe and Dan Nathan have you covered with the trades. Carter Worth is on the charts. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins now. And we start with that final countdown to the two most important events that could rock the markets next week, and that would be Facebook and Apple earnings. The options markets are implying huge moves for these tech giants. Facebook is out on Tuesday. That could swing 9% in either direction. Apple could see a 5% move when it reports on Thursday. Together, that's a nearly $100 billion potential shift in market cap. All this comes as the Nasdaq sinks deep into a correction. So how should you play these stocks heading into these events? Let's start with Apple and go straight to the chart master, Carter Braxton-Worth. Carter. Right. So, look, obviously, this is the biggest one of all, as everyone knows. And also, we have a repeating circumstance. Big super cap marquee names, all reporting great results and all not acting well post results, meaning going up and then fading or actually just going straight down. We're going to make the bet that Apple actually will be able to sustain a bit of a pop after its earnings. Let's look at a few charts. This is a two-panel chart. It's going back the entire past decade, 2009 to present. The key is this. We know Apple's been in an uptrend and we know it's been a great performer. But actually, let me just zoom in here. This of late is only just now Apple outperforming the market. So take that away. This is relative performance to the S&P. It peaked as far back as 2014, and just now is Apple actually starting to outperform the market, of which it is the biggest component. We think that's a positive, and we're going to make the bet that Apple's going to be okay uh, post-earnings. In terms of the charts, here is a chart, no drawings, no judgments, no annotations by me. Here is the well-defined channel in which Apple has lived the better part of two years. I mean, very precisely responding, as is so often the case. I mean, it makes you wonder why I study the fundamentals. My hunch is that we're going to move towards the top end of the range here, and I'm going to make that bet. Zeroing in then on the here and now, this is the very short-term chart. Again, and I think you can draw the lines this way. A lot of tension. The bet is we break out of this apex and we make it back to the former high. That would be about a 5% move which would get you back to the high of October 3rd. It's all-time high. All right. Thanks, Carter. So, Mike, how are you trading Apple? Yeah, so, you know, it is interesting. You were highlighting earlier that it's implying about a 4.7% move. That is above average, and that's extraordinary, given that this is a $1 trillion company. So this is one of those situations where also we've seen, you know, obviously a lot of volatility in the market. That has shaken out a lot of stocks, and we might use this as an opportunity to try to look for opportunities to sell higher-priced options. And I think that's what I want to do here in Apple. What I was looking at specifically out to December, I could do the 195, 220, 240 call spread risk reversal. So I'm selling the 195 puts at 350, 
buying the 220 calls, paying 1050, and then selling the 240 calls against it at three bucks. So net net, I'm spending four dollars on this trade, which is about you know two percent, give or take, of the current stock price. This is a situation where even if the stock was going to linger right here, those wing options are going to decay somewhat more rapidly, particularly after options after earnings are announced. And so I don't really need something to happen right away for this to be profitable. One other quick point I would make about this is that in the month following earnings, typically this is not a stock that has moved very sharply to the downside. Going back 12 quarters, so about the last three years or so, we are not seeing big moves to the downside. That said, this is also a situation where the valuation on the Apple is maybe a little bit higher than it has historically been. You know, we're maybe trading about 15 times X cash. Um, and so we can take a look at the probabilities now of what it would be that the stock might hit that lower 195 strike. There's about a 48% chance, given the volatility we're seeing in the market right now, that it could touch that strike sometime between now and December expiration. There's a 90% chance it's going to hit that 220 wow. call strike that we're long, and about a 35% chance that it gets all the way up to that upper one. And actually, in this kind of a market environment, I think a move that much to the upside is, is maybe even less likely than that. Yeah, so what I really like about this trade is that if you were going to go long into this event, um, you know, this has actually better odds to have uh, for, on a risk-adjusted basis. Uh, for all intents and purposes, you could run the, the analysis any way you want. I mean, the worst-case scenario of this trade is that the stock's down a little and you lose 1.5%. Um, the very worst uh, chance is that you get put the stock at 195 on December expiration, and that lines up really well with that breakout from the last quarter, and that's probably a level, as long as there's no fraud here or anything like that, you'd want to buy Apple at 195 at those levels, and then 240 seems like, you know, if it's here between here and there on December expiration, um, it makes a lot of sense. I'll just make one point about, like, what the expectations are into this quarter. Um, you know, listen, they, they launched those phones last month, then they launched a new one this month. It might might be a little messy. This stock may trade sideways, down a little bit, up a little bit over the next couple of weeks. Um, I don't think it'll be a disaster because I think investors will say whatever they missed in this quarter just ended, they're going to pick up in the holiday December. season. The, the hope always is that they're going to rely on some product other than iPhones, what is 62% of revenues. But we are expecting product annou announcements for both the iPods and for Macs within, you know, probably the next month or a little bit more. So I think that is something else that investors might potentially be looking forward to. So even if the earnings just basically come out as expected, that might help the stock hold up a little bit as people are, you know, looking forward to that event. And look, um, making uh, capital commitments before earnings is a, a binary thing. One thing to keep in mind, when you have a gap on earnings, gaps come in twos or threes almost invariably. We've had two gaps now. Do you get a third earnings beat? That's the bet we're making. All right. Let's move on to Facebook, the last of the FANG trade to report. And so far, it has been ugly for the group. Amazon and Alphabet reporting last night. Those stocks ending the day in the red. Netflix's earnings were last week, and that stock is down 14% since then. But with Facebook shares down 30% from its high, Dan says the stock might finally be finding a bottom. Why don't you walk us through your trade? Yeah, it could. I mean, I, you know, there's a chart up there. And, you know, the March lows was about 150. And we kind of came back um, and we were holding there a little bit. And this week it kind of broke through. Um, you know, look at that. That's the chart since the IPO. It's a pretty nice, pretty uh, consistent uptrend there that it just broke, you know, and it just went through that most recent support. Um, it's a pretty dicey time, I think, to try to kind of catch a falling knife in this name in front of two events. Obviously, earnings next week. The options market is implying about a $13 move between now and next Friday's close. Most of that, uh, about 8.5%, is for that earnings event, okay? And so for a stock that's been as volatile as this year, I think it's safe to assume that this stock will move 
five between five and ten percent after earnings. So here's the thing. I think the name has kind of been de-risked a little bit. Estimates have come down fairly dramatically. It's trading at 18 and a half times next year's expected earnings, which are only supposed to be 13 percent. But here's the key thing. Sales are expected to grow 24 percent from 55 billion to 68 billion dollars. I think their earnings estimates for 2019 are likely very low. So here's the setup into next week. If they don't guide down again, the stock's not going down. It's just done, okay, as far as I'm concerned. And if they're able to kind of guide up a little bit, I think you have this stock moving back towards a recent breakdown level at 160 or so. So to me, what I want to do is set up by selling shorter-dated, out-of-the-money calls to finance the purchase of longer-dated, out-of-the-money calls. And this is a call calendar. So today, the stock closed at about 145. I could do the November January 160 call calendar paying $2.50 for that. Um, what am I doing here? I'm selling one of the November 160 calls at 270 and I'm buying one of the January uh, 160 calls for 520. That cost me 270 actually. That is my max risk here. And what I want the stock to do is move up close to that 160 strike between now and November expiration. The November call will expire worthless or I cover that. And then I end up owning this January 160 call. What I I think is an important uh, technical level. And then you possibly get investors looking at this name again into the new year, setting up for a bounce maybe back towards the prior highs or getting close to 200 bucks. You know, it's really interesting, and I think people should pay attention to the fact you can sell that. That November call expires on the 16th, yeah. okay? So that, that expiration is relatively close. You can still collect two and a half bucks for that relative to what you're spending for that January option. We were looking at this earlier. I, I think this sets up very, very nicely. And as far as the multiple is concerned, I mean, this stock is trading as cheap as it ever has. I mean, we're talking about something that's going to grow. The conservative estimate is that it's going to see year-on-year -year EPS growth of probably 12%, and it's trading at a market multiple. You're not going to see a lot of opportunities like that. And because you're doing this call calendar, if it turns out that that's unfounded, if there is another shoe to drop in Facebook, your risk is really very low. I mean, that's just that this almost has to be an options trade because this is as binary as it's going to get. It was exactly three months ago. Here we are, October 26th, July 26th. This stock dropped and gapped. The biggest one-day loss in the history of investing, $120 billion. That defines this for all time. Those highs are likely to stand forever, as far as I'm concerned. Oh. Now it's just a question Wait, of... the highs in the stock forever have been put in. I think that's the case. Wow. wow. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. a long time. <laughs> uh, forever's a long time, meaning forever. Uh, so does that mean 10 years? Does that mean, but in this business, a year to three, that's forever. Now, could it get back there in five? I mean, who knows that? But f not this year, not next year, mm -hmm. not the year after. Facebook climbing back through that kind of overhead supply when you have that aggressive a re-rating. So it's a very, now you've got the benefit, the fact that it's already plunged 34%. Yeah, but you, you made the most important point, and this show is called Options Action, and I wouldn't sit here and say, I think you should buy this stock into that event. I'm not pounding the table on bullish scenarios, but I think when we kind of try to figure out what could happen, what's more likely to happen, you know, I'm targeting 160. That's about 10% higher than where we are. That's about the implied move over the next week. If I get the direction right, this options trade where I'm risking 1.5% of the stock price into an event, I have a lot of optionality, and there's very few scenarios where this is a total loser a week from now or on November expiration. So I like it as an options trade. I'm not saying that I would short the stock or I'd buy the stock into the event. It is binary. You're correct. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter. 100,000 of you, more than, have already subscribed. So don't be the only one missing out. Here's what's coming up next. 
The markets are having their worst month in nearly a decade. But don't be scared, because Mike Coe has a way to buy protection for cheap. He will explain. Plus, calling all options action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at options action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. It has been a wild month on Wall Street as the Dow has dropped nearly 7%. Our Dom Chu is in the newsroom to break down this brutal October. Hey, Dom. Well, the worst October in a decade, Melissa. That's what it's shaping up to be for the S&P 500, the Dow, and the NASDAQ as things currently stand. Each of those three benchmarks have the worst percentage drop since 2008. Yep worst October since the financial crisis. Meanwhile, the tech-heavier Nasdaq Composite having its worst month period since November of 2008, at least in terms of percentage declines. Now, the market turmoil has been pretty broad-based with losses heaviest in the cyclical and economically sensitive sectors like materials, consumer discretionary, energy, and industrials, while more defensive sectors like utilities and consumer staples are relative outperformers. The downside momentum hotspots are still in play, with industries like banking, also home construction, and of course semiconductors still on sharp downward trends. This month's losses also mean that both the Dow and the S&P 500 are back to around flat for the full year. Volatility is also back in a pretty big way. The SIBO Volatility Index, or VIX, is elevated at levels well above their average over the last 50 days. During various points this month, the VIX was also at the highest level since the market sell-off back in February, tied to the fears of the Fed and, of course, rising inflation. Now, it's pretty safe to say, Melissa, the traders and investors out there are very in tune and aware of the current downside risks in this market. Back over to you. All right, Dom. Have a good weekend. Dom Chu in the newsroom. So if you're worried things could get worse before they get better, how can you protect yourself? Professor Kyle is over at the Plasma with his call to action. Mike. Yeah, so we're going to take a look at using a put spread and why might we do something like this? Well, I think the first and most obvious thing, the market is really whipping around and if you're thinking, okay, well, maybe this is an opportunity to short stocks, I would be very cautious doing something like that because when you short stocks, you're taking an unlimited risk to the upside. Buying puts, of course, is a nice way to limit your risk. But as Don was just pointing out, we're seeing the VIX at levels that we haven't really seen for a while. So options premiums are elevated. Nice thing about using a put spread, it's a way that you can reduce the cost of the trade. So we can just take a quick look over here at where we've come from now one of the points i would very quickly make we're going all the way back now to the 2016 election so that's we've got another election coming up that's kind of what we're looking at if you are long a basket of stocks that probably replicates the s p you're probably not down on the year you're likely flat maybe net of dividends you're up a little bit so you might be thinking to yourself well if this is going to potentially get worse I might want to put a hedge on here. And so let's take a look at one of the hedges I was taking a look at today. You could look out to January by the January SPY 260 puts. Those were trading $7.90 when I was looking at them. Sell the 235 puts for $2.90. Net net, this is a $25 wide spread. You're spending five bucks. So that pays four to one. Something else to think about, $5 is actually less than 2% of where SPY was trading when I was looking at this earlier. So 
this is a way it might seem like with the VIX at these elevated levels, it might seem like it's still too late to put some hedge on, but actually I think it, it isn't. I mean, I think it's very easy to imagine that the S&P could move 5 or 10% uh, between now and January, probably more. Yep. Um, Dan, what do you think of the strategy? I like the trade. Um, I, I like the, the width of the strikes. I like the fact that it's a put spread, especially like Mike said, implied volatility, the price of options has been elevated during this uh, period of heightened volatility. Um, you know, I'll just make this one point, though. Right now, we're down about 11 percent, I think, from the highs. Um, you know, when you think of the peak to trough decline from January to February, it was also about 11 percent. If there's a real growth scare here or there's other things going on, I would expect it to be deeper. And that's why Mike is kind of suggesting this trade. But I just want to make one other point. When you think back to January, February, we had another retest of that low that came in March. And then when you look back at the prior bout of volatility that we had in Q1 of 2016, also a double bottom. And then in Q3 of 2000, you know, so double bottoms seem to happen. Timing these sorts of hedges make a lot of sense. And it's really hard to press lows on a day like today after we've been down so much. All right. So let's just put this all in context, maybe to try to say, is this an average or more important decline? There have been 218 5% plus sell-offs in the market. The reason you start with 5%, a lot of stop losses kick in there, a lot of risk managers on desk say, listen, you got to pull the book in. If you look at all of these, 218, 5% plus, the average decline is 11.9% of the 200, and it lasts 40 sessions. This sell-off is 10.6, and it's 25 sessions. So think about it. 10.6 now versus an average of 11.9. This is 25 sessions in the making. Typically, it's 40. There's nothing out of the ordinary about this. The real question is, the way certain parts of the market have acted, whether it's financials or industrials, what we talked about, the fact that small cap growth, which was leading the market, is down 18%. So does is it make it worse? To go? It makes it worse. All right. Still ahead. Netflix shares are in a free fall down 10% just this week alone, but that's great news for Cohen Carter. We'll tell you why. Plus, got a question about these crazy market moves. We've got you covered. Send us a tweet to add Options Action. We'll try to read it later in the show. We are live at the NASDAQ in Times Square. Much more Options Action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. Earlier this month, Mike and Carter bet Netflix shares were heading for a breakdown, and boy, did they fall. Here's how that trade worked out. On Options Action, it's how we stream ahead of the competition. Risk less so you can make more, and that's exactly what Cohen Carter did with their bearish bet on Netflix. Carter thought the Netflix chart looked dicey into earnings. We are going to come back to trend that the head and shoulders top is in effect and that would take us down. It looks like nothing, but that's another uh, 10, 12 percent to get down to that level. Hmm, Mike thought. Carter's charming, good-looking, and smart. He might be onto something. Uh, Melissa, may I jump in here? Take it away, Mike. Okay, where were we? Oh, right. Carter didn't like the looks of Netflix, but just shorting the stock could lead to infinite losses. So instead, I decided to buy the November 325 strike put for 17 bucks. Now to make money, I just need Netflix shares to fall below the 325 strike by more than the cost of the trade, or below 308 by November expiration. But spending 17 bucks just to bet against Netflix? Cue the dramatic movie clip. So to cut costs, I decided to sell the 275 strike put for five bucks and created my put spread. Here's how it works. Between the 17 I spent on buying the higher strike put and the five I collected by selling that lower strike put, I cut the total cost of my trade down to just 12 bucks. And now I see profits if Netflix shares fall below that 325 put by the reduced cost of the trade, or in this case, 
below 313 by November expiration. Roll the celebration clip. Don't get too excited because there is a trade-off. And because I sold that put, I capped my profits at 275. So how do we do on this one, Melissa? Well, Mike, since the time of the trade, Netflix shares are down more than 10%. And now Options Action's Vegas fans just want to know one thing. What will Cohen Carter do now? All right, so how are they trading Netflix, Mike? What do you say? Uh, well, I'll tell you how I actually traded it today. I had a put spread on in Netflix. I took it off today. We actually hit exactly the number you were talking about on that trend line, which was down about 10% from whatever, 335 or so, which is about where it was trading. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of the price objective has been met. Um, we also, uh, just for keeping score, we, we got bailed out. I mean, it printed really uh, against us, obviously, on the, in the night market. Huge beat. But that's the problem with a bad tape. It doesn't matter how good you are. In a bad tape, things go down anyway. Yeah, overnight that was definitely looking bad after earnings. I mean, we definitely we had a really sharp spike, but it traded badly overnight, opened even more poorly, and then traded badly that whole Which day. Which is always a tell. If something that's supposed to go up and actually initially does fades, it's that much worse. It, it'll be the biggest tell if this correction is deeper than it is right now. And I just want to remember, or everyone to remember, this stock is still up 56% on the year despite being wow. down 30%. All right. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Apple and Journey is going to make the bet that it's going to be okay. Long. Mike Coe. Options prices and Apple are elevated, so I'm going to use a call spread risk reversal to make that bullish bet. Dan Nathan. Yeah, so I like Mike's spy put spread on a pop. If you get one next week, that's when you put it on. And then uh, February, uh, excuse me, Facebook, November, Jan, call calendars. All right, that does it for us here on Options Action. We'll see you back here next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Meantime, don't go anywhere. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now.